0: They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the TF1 show and to the second race recap of the 2023 season the saudi arabian grand prix and it wasn't the most interesting um but it there were still a couple of interesting tidbits that was picked up over the course of the weekend i think tale of the tape we saw Sergio perez take victory after beating max Verstappen by around five or so seconds which is uh Exciting. Max Stappen came through in second place after starting from 15th on the grid. We had Fernando Alonso get a podium place taken away from him after finishing um, third on the road, but then getting a 10-second penalty. And then we had George Russell replace him um, after finishing about five or so seconds behind Alonso on track. But uh, So let's jump straight into the race recap. Um, And pretty much the same in terms of the competitive order red bull looks to be around seven eight tenths ahead in qualifying and a second or so ahead in race pace sometimes a bit more than a second we we saw at the end of the race when the two red bulls were sort of going as quickly as possible and fighting each other the advantages that they had in terms of speed and it is significant so similar to what we said the week before i think I think Red Bull are not going to be caught this season. In all honesty, I think some teams might close the gap, and we'll talk a bit more about that later on in in the race recap. But yeah, a dominant performance by Red Bull. Um, I have to say, a fantastic performance by Sergio Perez. Um, I'll be honest. When I saw Verstappen get that safety car benefit and then effectively start, I think fourth after the restart. I was of the opinion that he's going to just walk past, well, he was definitely going to walk past Alonso and, and Russell, But the fact, and I thought he was going to walk past Perez as well. And the fact that Sergio Perez held his own like that and actually maintained a very, very healthy gap between himself and Max was very impressive and should be applauded. I mean, this is probably the best in-race performance from Checo I've seen while he was at Red Bull. I think the best pace he's shown consistently against Verstappen as well. And that does give a teeny, tiny little glimmer of hope for an exciting year in terms of the championship. More often than not, I still think Max is probably going to be faster, um, unfortunately, but it was exciting to at least see Checker put up a fight and also for there to be a little bit of needle. It looks like Cheka was a bit annoyed about the fastest lap. He's questioning the team already about some of the orders that they're giving him around maintaining a certain level of pace when Verstappen is obviously not adhering to those orders so yeah i think uh at least something interesting coming out of the the lead battle i really don't think there's going to be anything else that we're going to be getting excited about so i think we need to take the the little glimmers of hope where we can behind them was a bit more interesting i think we can say that in fernando alonso's hands the aston martin is definitely the next quickest car but the mercedes And the Ferraris there or thereabouts, depending on the track conditions, the driver that seemed to be quicker on the day. All around a very good performance by Alonso. A blunder by him to basically make the same mistake he did after Ocon did. Got the positioning wrong in the grid box 10 days ago or two weeks ago. And then quite funny, actually, for him to then also get the same penalty that Ocon did. Um, for working on the car before the penalty was served in the pit box, so that's unfortunate. But I think from a for Alonso's perspective, I think he'll be pretty pleased. Still looks like he's the th- third fastest fastest package on track on a track that I don't think they thought was going to suit them that well. So that's very encouraging for them. And I think the Aston, with all of the wind tunnel time that they have, they've got so much more wind tunnel time because of you know their difficulty last year. They can actually make a decent amount of gains. I think it's going to be very curious for me to see their development against the likes of Mercedes and Ferrari because they are pretty close together. Um, you know, when you look at the, 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 the great scheme of things, George Russell had a very, very good weekend um, in comparison to his teammates. And I mean, you know what a high bar his teammate ha- uh, sets. It's he was way quicker in qualifying. And I think it was quicker in the race as well. He didn't really give Lewis an opportunity, which is rare for someone of Hamilton's caliber. And I think this is probably his best race weekend for Mercedes other than probably Brazil. I was very impressed with, with George Russell's speed, especially in the first sector where he was constantly two, three tenths faster than Hamilton. So yeah, really impressive stuff by George. And I think all they can do now is do what they did last year and bank as many points as possible and hope that the car improves uh, over the course of the year, which is obviously not an ideal situation for them, given that's exactly the thing that they wanted to avoid this season. But anyway, I do want to say, though, that Lewis Hamilton had probably one of his more subdued weekends in quite a while. I think he struggled compared to his teammates from qualifying onwards. He says um, it was due to a setup decision that he'd made that turned out to be the incorrect one. And should have gone in in Georgia's setup direction, which is, I guess, fair enough. But yeah, he struggled in qualifying, especially in the first sector. He struggled in the race as well. The medium tyre stint in the second part was a bit more encouraging. But he stunted on the hard tyres, wasn't that great. And yeah, he just sort of cut a bit of a dejected figure throughout the whole weekend. Which, I mean, you never like seeing. You do hope that he can get back in the fight at some point with Mercedes. And I do believe that he will stay with Mercedes. I don't buy all of the talk about him going to Ferrari and and Leclerc coming to Mercedes. I think Hamilton is too loyal to that team for some difficulties like this to, to get him down. And, I mean, funnily enough, and I think this is unhinged, Mercedes is actually second in the Constructors' Championship, despite on average, having the third or fourth fastest car on a given weekend or the two weekends that we've had, which again shows how good that team is at maximizing the the car's performance. And apparently, if you listen to what Toto Wolf is saying, that they're already making really good strides in terms of their new concept that they're developing. So for those of you that don't know, they've effectively decided to bin off the current car concept that they had, they gave it a shot. And they've come to the conclusion after Bahrain that in actual fact, this concept is not going to be, it's not going to be possible for them to develop this concept into something that's going to be successful in the long term. So they've binned it off, they've started afresh and sounds like they're making good gains with the new concept. So let's see, Um, I'd be very curious to see what that car comes out to be, if it does turn out to be a a, a much quicker car. So let's see what happens, Um, yeah. I'm curious. Then, on the other side of the queue, we have Ferrari, who's just, I don't know, as the weekends go on, they're just looking worse and worse and worse. On probably the second fastest team last weekend out in Charles Leclerc's hands, already taking an engine penalty in the second race, which is probably a record. For them to on pure pace, be the fourth fastest team this weekend on a track that was supposed to suit them more then Bahrain is pretty grim reading if you're a Ferrari fan. And I don't know, I just get the feeling that it's not going to get better. You can already see Mercedes as in the two weeks between the first two races, they've already made a decent step in understanding their car and their package where Ferrari seems to have stagnated and they have race pace problems. It looks like they're just not converting their very good one lap pace into consistent race performance, which is very very concerning. And I guess I put the question out on my Twitter as well, but I'll leave it out for you guys to comment below as well. Do you think Ferrari should stick with their current car concept? Should they develop on the same path and 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 make gains, or do you, should they do the same thing that Mercedes done? Look critically at their car concept and go, you know what we gave it a shot, we developed as much as we can, it's obviously not the right way to go, and start fresh, like Mercedes did. From the sound of things, that's not what they're going to be doing. Um, Carlos Sainz after the race said that they are going to be bringing specific developments and specific updates that they feel should help. Is This going to give them a second and a half. I'd be very surprised given Ferrari's development trajectory over the last couple of seasons. But yeah, I'm. I'm. I have to say, I'm quite worried about Ferrari in general. I think they, out of the top four teams, are looking as if they have the least momentum, the least forward momentum. Which I know for someone like Charles Leclerc was hoping of, you know, he was hoping to make a championship challenge this season. It's very much looking like that's not on the cards uh, again, which is is obviously disappointing. And then I guess the last one or two things that I wanted to mention was first and foremost, Alpine looked. Actually, pretty good this weekend. They were about two to three tenths off the Mercedes in qualified well, they outqualified one one of the Mercedes, which is quite impressive in Esteban Ocon. And then in race pace, I think they're about two to three tenths a lap slower than the Mercedes and the Ferrari, which actually isn't bad going if you look at the gap last season. And I think they're a team that's been really good with bringing consistent performance to their package and updates all the time that's bringing them good steps. And I would say they're a team to watch out for. I think both of the drivers are driving very well. Esba um is put in a great race, uh, good qualifying performance to start, I think P6. And then also put in a really strong race performance to finish P8, which is sort of where the LP naturally will end up you know, placing, I think, of, with, the, with the current pace of the car. And I think Gasly also had a really good race race performance, qualifying maybe less so and yeah their two drivers are operating very well at the moment no internal conflict sets which is promising so yeah Alpine's actually uh, if I'm Alpine I'm actually pretty optimistic I think yes Aston made a big step and I think compared to Aston it might look like like Alpine has dropped the ball but I think they're very much still on track with what they said they were going to be doing and the progress that they expected to be making which is very positive in itself for a team that has in the past overblown its chances or has been overly optimistic about um you know their car and their development. So I think that's a really good job by Alpine. What else do I want to say? I, I was quite impressed by the rookies uh, this this weekend round. I think Logan Sargent was very, very unlucky to have a very good qualifying lap deleted yesterday, and that sort of put pay to his race, really, because he was, I don't know, a bit stuck in the mud during the, the race, especially in the second stint. Oscar Piastri carried McLaren. When Lando Norris made a mistake which is exactly what McLaren wants him to do and exactly what Daniel Ricardo wasn't able to do last season which again is a massive feather in his cap and can only mean good things for him going forward uh, I did find it quite awkward when McLaren gave Lando Norris a team order for Piaget to go, get past him um, while they were running I think 16th and 17th which is a bit silly I don't really see the point like why why call in the team order if they're that far behind anyway anyway, who am I to judge? And I guess maybe a last one on McLaren where it's just looking desperate still, they don't seem to have any pace in the car. Qualifying looked a bit better. But the race was, I mean, pretty dreadful. And to be fair, they were quite unlucky. I mean, how unlucky do you have to be for Oscar Piastri's front wing damage and the end plate coming off for that end plate to hit Lando's front wing and for him to need a front wing replacement as well. So yes, they were unlucky, but I mean, as we saw in the second stand, that car just doesn't really have any pace either. So it's pretty depressing if you're Landon Norris, I'll be honest. If you see his contemporaries, I mean, even Alex Albon is at the moment outpacing Lando and his Williams. So that's pretty depressing, I think. Um, so yeah, on that depressing note, let's maybe go to the TF1 awards. And uh, we have, of course, first up, the Pastor Maldonado Award for most dander-headed deed. And that'll probably, it's a tie. I think it's a tie between the Aston Martin Jackman that started working on the car after having seen what happens if you work on uh, a car serving a penalty two weeks ago with Esteban Ocon for him to make the same mistake in the subsequent race. I think that is a bit ridiculous. But then also the FIA for somehow losing. I don't know what they did. They just didn't bother looking at the footage of that Aston Martin in the pits for the whole duration of the race, only after the race deciding, in fact, Fernando Alonso should get a penalty. Where, I mean, you would have known from the start that the Jackman touched the car while the penalty is being served. So yeah, uh, a nice shared award, a joint effort between the Jackman and the FIA. So congratulations, uh, both of you. Next up is, of course, Lewis Has- the Lewis Hamilton hashtag blessed award for luckiest driver and i think that has to go to max step well it's tough because i mean he wasn't lucky with the drive shaft but then again he got very lucky with the safety car which basically gifted him a couple of positions basically jumped i think both ferraris which which is very fortunate for him so i'm probably going to give it to max there wasn't anyone overly lucky i think during the race weekend and then lastly you need to award the Nico Hulkenberg podium award for unluckiest driver. And I'm going to say Charles, honestly, like Charles Leclerc, because he had to take the engine penalty after qualifying in second place. And then he got screwed over by the safety car, similar to Max. Well, no, opposite to Max. He pitted a lap or two before the safety car came out, which basically meant that he got jumped by Hamilton. And, well, science sort of in a similar position to him, but he got jumped by Verstappen and Hamilton, which obviously put pay to his race. And then he was just stuck in a deep pit of misery and despair for the rest of the session, which obviously wasn't ideal. So yeah, congratulations, Charles. At least you get something uh, out of the weekend other than disappointment and misery. And that is probably my recap of the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. I think all around, not the most exciting race. By far, in away. way, I'd say the least exciting Saudi Arabian Grand Prix that we've had out of the three. Um, and yeah, I do think we need to make peace with the fact that Red Bull is going to be way out ahead. But that it should probably and hopefully be a lot closer behind them. And I know that's not what all of us want. But it is what it is is and i'll probably have a separate episode about this at some point if i find the time and energy to to do it but while we wait for that i do want to know if you guys are listening let me know in the comments should the fia do something about the red bull dominance we know they've done something in the past in terms of rule changes and and then making specific tweaks to the rules to try and curtail dominance of specific teams is this something that they should look into again or is it a matter of look Everybody has the same rules. Everybody has the same resources. Red Bull just did the better job. What do you guys think? Let me know. And while you do that, I just want to thank you for listening again. If you like this podcast or this channel, please never hesitate to hit the like button. Subscribe as well. It would be much appreciated. And I will be back before you bat your eyelids. It's going to be Australia again. So look forward to that. Thank you so much, everyone. Again, for listening or watching. Bye, everyone.